0: The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.
1: Hi, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey. I am... Once again, here with my good friend, Sandra Bernstein, and we've got some cheese in front of us. Uh, you caught me in a moment where my mouth is not full of cheese. Sandra, how are you? <laughs>
0: my mouth is salivating right now. I know. <laughs> it's having a big old party.
1: Right, right. So who have you got on this week?
0: Oh, today we've got my friend, Gary Edwards, on the show. Hi, Gary. Hello, Sandra. It's good to see you. Um, I was trying to think about when we first met, um, it's been years and years and years, but my, in my Facebook feed the other day popped up a picture of you and Wendy Peterson at the Blessing of the Olives. So I feel like our relationship kind of has stemmed around the Olive Festival for the years and years and years that we used to do that.
2: I think so that's kind of, correct. That yeah, sounds familiar. Sounds kind of right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But you've been um, a, certainly a, a big component to... Artisan food producers in our valley, I believe, good friends with Igvella, um, longtime friends with uh, the Canards and the Kleins, and all on food paths. I think it kind of food or wine or agriculture. How did that happen? I'm just, I'm just really lucky. I I know you like planted yourself (laughs) in like the middle of these incredible, organic, wonderful, dedicated, passionate food people.
2: Well, it's what happened was uh, probably back in the 70s, I was in the grocery business at G&G Market in Santa Rosa.
0: Oh, I love that market. I
2: started there when I was 14 years old. Really wasn't allowed to drive, didn't have a driver's license, so I just drove from Sebastopol anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of the way I do things. Uh Uh-huh. And um, I ended up, actually, before I met Igvella, I met the Vivianis and when the Sonoma Jack brand took off and... Um, we were the first to carry it, but then I found Ig.
0: Uh-huh, and, um, he was such a character.
2: Pretty, uh, pretty awesome, I, uh, and I, uh, when I left the grocery business, I was hired by a company called Otto Roth, and they were out of Switzerland and New Jersey, and most cheese importers are in New Jersey, and I was buying from their company called Monterey Cheese, which I own now, the, the Monterey Cheese Company, but they, um, they recruited me, basically, to, to go to work for them. And my first uh, order of business was go, to go see Ig Vela and pick up labels because we had a program called Thomas Garraway. And that was the Cheese of the Month Club. Uh-huh. So do you remember the coffee where you could get the coffee of the yes. month and all that? We decided back in 1983 that we were going to do the Cheese of the Month Club way before our time. It, we certainly we had the money to do it, but we didn't have the know-how, nor did we have the whatever. Infra- I didn't know an Infrastructure. It. Infrastructure. Yeah. I just, and I just worked for the guys, but I was, I volunteered for every job that I could get. So I went over to, to meet Ig and he's got a marble table, which is still there behind the cheese factory. He was laying down taking a nap and <laughs> I walked up and I said, I wonder if this guy's dead. <laughs> and um, I went over and I shook him and he woke up in, uh, in his you know, you knew Ig. <laughs> I did uh, his grumpy voice. Uh huh. And then I just we hit it off because I had to pick up labels to get them to one of the plants to cut cheese and do all that, and um, we just became fast friends. And we had our an argument that day. Um, oh, perfect. Which is great, and I still have those old labels. Um, some of them just uh, to keep a reminder, but mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, Ig was very special. And but I was still tied in with the market um, when I was tied in with the market. I brought Ig and uh, Laura Chanel and another fellow that was uh, running Marin French cheese at the time, and I had them doing demos in the store. So, oh, that's awesome. And that's when Laura had her little plant uh, right next to G&J Market on Ridley, I think it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, so. we're going back.
1: I know. Well, And will you guys uh, just explain uh, who Ig Vela is and what the Vela family means there in the valley?
2: So Ig Vela um, is... Uh, owned Vela Cheese Company. His father, uh, Tom Vela, or Gaetano Vela, uh, came in the early 1900s. They opened the plant in 1931. Wow. Joe Vela had Vela Ice Cream Company down on the plaza, originally right across from the Mission. And they lost their lease or something there, and they bought on the- On the
0: corner where the creamery was? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: And then they uh, bought the uh, brewery. Tom Vella bought the brewery that burned down up on 2nd Street. They and
0: that's where they moved there the there cheese
2: factory. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I think it was called Sonoma Brewing Company.
0: So Vela Cheese was without it. Like when I was trying to, we came up here on vacation before I moved to Sonoma. Vela Cheese, um, Laurish and Elchev. Those cheeses were part of the reason I wanted to live in Sonoma. They were the people that were accessible that you could actually meet. Um, Around their cheese, like, and their yeah. cheese was there. It like was synonymous for Sonoma.
2: And and when you would meet Ig, he would, you know, he'd go off on a political tangent. He was a, uh, our supervisor for the first district here for a while, an elected official, and he just he was just a character. Just um, had an opinion. I went back to Washington D.C. with him um, way back, and he would talk about his visits back to Washington as a supervisor and secret places in the capital and all that sort of thing. And, oh, that's great. And I think, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Grand Dames Scoffier. Uh-huh. So was he, an- he was, he, we went back there for an event that I think Laura was being inducted, but Ig needed somebody to carry a suitcase, <laughs> so I volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we had these beautiful events back there. Um, I can't think of her last name. Her name is Piper, uh, Piper Odessa in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I went and hosted a big dinner there at uh, I don't remember the name of her restaurant. I think it's gone now.
0: Yeah, I can't. It sounds very familiar. And, but
2: it was just great, and we went and I got to know the cheese so well that we had from like three month old dry jack to mm-hmm. three year old dry jack, and I Coated actually beat in. Ig at all of those tastings. Really? Yeah, we you paired can them tell. with wines and did that sort of uh-huh. thing. But, we always had fun. I never made any money working for Egg or working with him, <laughs> but it was just a great experience, and it was always great to carry Vela cheese with me. I, you know, yeah. I, I took it to the world che- or the um, Natwich Cheese Awards in 1995, and we won first, second, and third. Wow! Um, <laughs> we won first with Vela and two with uh, Rothkäser, so the company that I was a, a minority shareholder in way back when, and it was pretty nice to be in in, in the top. Um, yeah. You know, in the top and being yeah. in that which and
1: that's that's incredible. Just
0: fun. And you know, the Vela coated with cocoa.
2: Yeah, cocoa and vegetable oil and vegetable and oil. and pepper
0: and and black pepper. Yeah. Yep, I think it's still in our mise en place. Um, yeah, in the restaurant. I mean, we carried it from day one. I don't know what we have. Sometimes it's often on our cheese plate now. Sure,
2: sure. But but you know why they have the cocoa and the oil no. to to keep the moisture to, oh, from right. But the, the pepper is to keep the flies off of oh. cheese. Oh. That's back in the old days. There used to be like 100 dry jack factories in California. Now there's only two, Rumiano cheese and Vela. Interesting. Uh, that make the, the real thing. Right. And it was something that was uh, invented in Monterey and by David and They stuffed some fresh wheels away and it dried out and they ended up with dry jack. But the pepper is to keep... That's great. Keep the flies off.
1: Um, How did they figure that out? Flies just don't like pepper. And so you just incorporate a little bit so it doesn't make a huge impact on the flavor, but um, the flies, it's enough that they just sort of want to stay away from it.
2: Yeah.
0: Because you don't eat that rind. You can. I've never eaten that rind.
2: I don't. We went to a couple of events where we did like these great uh, Caesar salads where we would mm. wash wash Mm. it off. You just put it underwater with a scrub brush, let it air dry. And then you slice, put it on a slicer, and you get these uh-huh. long, beautiful Yum. tongues that are amazing. Yeah. And you uh-huh. just lay them right out over a Caesar. Oh, that's or nice. stock.
1: I know a lot of chefs like to use the, the we have rinds. all the leftover pieces and the rinds, yeah. they'll, they'll make yeah. stock out of it. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: The thinking about history, um, the day that George Bush passed away, David Viviani sent out an email. I did saw you that. get it? I did get it. And there yeah. were pictures in the email of him giving George Bush when he was president. Um, boxes of cheese from the Sonoma Cheese Factory. Wow.
2: Yeah.
0: Said Sonoma Jack, I think. Yeah, they
2: it. were on, on a dairy, California dairyman's. Yeah, California like dairy,
0: tour or something. Yeah, It was just fabulous. It was a really nice yeah. tribute, I thought.
2: And it was beautiful that Barbara Bush actually wrote a little note saying yes. that we're going to take it up to, to Maine right. this weekend. Yeah, with
0: them. Cool. It was very sweet. It was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing that, you know, cheese is one of these ingredients that, I think we know for so long um, in our history.
2: That's well, one of the oldest foods in the world. Yeah, yeah, it just
0: people figured out how to preserve milk. And um, it it's so similar to me, like wine, that people's recipes and, you know, being really creative. And as we've seen over the last 30 years... Um, the different cheese associations and mm-hmm. the c- competitions, and more and more cheesemakers, ma- magazines dedicated completely to yeah. cheese. Um, it's pretty fascinating.
2: Yeah, well, I know I know people love it. I mean, I I actually opened um, with uh, Walter Rob and John Mackey way back the first Whole Food store in California, Palo Alto. Wow. That was a long time ago. Wow. And then Mill Valley and all those other stores opened up. But they've created... I mean, I thought I had a great cheese department at G&G, which was pretty big. I mean, I would buy pallets of cheese. It was very big. And, yeah. yeah it so was I, cre- ver- I created I, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I loved um, I loved going to get crabs there. When I lived in Santa Rosa, that was like the best place. It was quality, Super quality yeah. food yeah. at... Quality prices. Yeah. It was not expensive. Um, I mean, there were a few years that I would actually drive from Sonoma to G and G just to get certain things. You bet. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it used to be one of the last yeah. big supermarkets yeah. that would break down the Independent beef. Independent. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they would break down whole sides uh-huh. of beef, and it was. Pr- Is it pretty still amazing. there? No, Safeway bought the oh, company. Okay.
0: So, yeah, That's a couple of years I've ago, I think. Driven yeah. down that road. Yeah, I think
1: there's a G and G in Petaluma. Yeah, they bought General. that
2: one too. Safeway.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to keep
2: a small business like Jay, right. who you had on earlier. Was, right.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it's, it, business isn't easy, especially no. when you go multiple generations. And, yeah.
0: So. It's fascinating. Yeah. But now you, um, so you've been all over the world with cheese. Yes. And bringing it in, and I don't really know anything about the import-export business.
1: I believe importing is where, <laughs> no, I mean. where it comes okay, to you and then export that is. That part I know. Okay.
0: But how do you even get started?
2: Well, so I'm a, um, I am don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Oh, good. For, for a living. And when I went to work in the cheese business, I actually didn't really eat cheese.
1: Oh, my and goodness. So I Be- didn't, wait, because?
2: I just didn't grow up eating cheese. Uh, you know, What did you eat? Everything. Everything, but, everything but cheese. I mean, we lived on an apple farm in Sebastopol, okay. so we ate, you ate a lot of everything, apples. Everything, but we didn't eat yeah. cheese. For wow, that's I think wild. because my parents or my, uh, mm-hmm. you know, parents didn't eat cheese. So mm-hmm. I mean, we had macaroni and cheese, but right. you know, it came in a box, and right? That sort of thing. But um, when I I took the job, I actually took a cut and pay to take the job because I knew that there was a bigger world out there for me. And when they were talking about well, we bring cheese in from Germany and Switzerland and. All that good stuff. I just, I just took my orange apron off uh-huh. and said, "That's it. I'm kind going for cow. it." And my interview w- was with a guy named Joe Egan, and um, he actually came out here and bought the company, bought Monterey Cheese Company for Otto Roth, and then they sold oh. the whole package to General Foods way back when. And I was the I was the guy who would volunteer for any job. They said, "We need somebody to go do a demo up in Lake Tahoe." Boom! I'm there. To setting up displays and doing that sort of thing. And um, so that job lasted about a year. And they said, well, now we're going to close Monterey Cheese and we're going to let everybody go except for you. <laughs> me. And I said, OK, this is but on one condition that you can um, be in Boston next Tuesday and move to Boston. Oh, so I said, OK. Pre,
0: pre, pre-wedding, pre-marriage. Oh, this is a long time ago. Okay. This is
2: in, eight, I moved to Boston in 84 or okay. 85. So you
0: were a single guy, yeah. you know, that's, doing your
2: thing. Doing yeah. whatever. And mm-hmm.
1: What was in Boston that they wanted you there for? Uh, to
2: act for a job. But they had a center there that was a cheese um, warehouse and distribution company handled all of New England. So it was really great because I got to know all of New England. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, Upstate New York, and got to know Wegman's stores and Price Choppers and all these really cool stores up there. Uh, But I got to see the fall colors, which is I'd always read about, but I'd never seen. (laughs) And um, it was just a great opportunity. So on this was on a Thursday. The following Tuesday, I was in Boston at the Kennedy Library. Doing a display of like 500 cheeses for all oh the buyers from New England, and I just set up this cool display. And they loved it, and and they I went to work selling cheese. That's incredible.
1: When you I, say display, though, are you just talking about signage, or you're actually talking no, about cheese, cheese like, wheels like this, like? like
0: like you, everybody can't see
2: this, but like, so it geez. was. Everyone
1: could come and not just see what type of cheese but they could actually eat. Oh, well, they
2: taste and eat it, and they look at it, and then that's that's actually become my, kind of my signature is cheese displays. So whenever I, then they always always use me for the food shows, like the fancy food show coming up next weekend. I would be the guy setting up the case. Okay, and but
0: you don't do that anymore. No, you only, just if, say only, hi. If only if only really you know. <laughs> if it looks really <laughs> bad. If it looks bad, I'll let say yeah, fix let's move that, that a little. Yeah,
2: yeah. But that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my yeah. thing. And I do that for, you know, locally, because mm-hmm. I always have a little cheese in my mm-hmm. warehouse. I'll do that for uh, different wineries and uh, De Rosa Preserve. I did this beautiful display for them mm. uh, that my wife does some work with them in the banking world. So I donated it because I got my arm You've twisted. Always by donated
0: my wife. cheese, always.
2: But people came in and it was just a really big display, and they said, "Well, is this is this an art installation or is it? Can we <laughs> can eat we touch yeah. it? <laughs> so that, that was a very yeah, great uh-huh. thing. And, it, and the Derosa, you know, it was great because there was awesome. a lot of fun people yeah. out there. So
0: when Rene was still around, yeah. yeah, he was a hoot.
1: Yep. But you're talking about importing and exporting. You're talking about. Hundreds, massive. thousands, how many pounds of cheese are we talking What did you say when you came in today that you had uh, just sold a certain amount of cheese? 80,000.
2: Yeah, just 80,000 pounds, and that was local cheese. That was
1: like the last couple hours.
2: Yeah, and that goes that goes to uh, uh, some good friends of mine that have a couple hundred stores, or a few hundred stores now, actually, and we do, and they we sell them a lot of cheese. They, Export? No, this is just domestic local, cheese. Local, okay. So I sell, I sell California cheese, Wisconsin mm-hmm. cheese. Um, a lot of European cheeses. I have clients that I work for in Germany, Switzerland, Italy, but a lot of them are just our guys that are here. Um, I stopped traveling a few years ago cause I have two little kids. Mm-hmm. They're not so little anymore. No. <laughs> uh, but, um, they're seven and nine, Madeline and Sullivan, and they both love cheese Thank goodness. Um, Yeah, when they're
0: on our show in 30 years from now, they'll be like, I grew up eating cheese, not like my daddy. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: (laughs) Um, But the, um, uh, so the imports and exports. So to give you an example, so we, I work with a company that's the largest importer of Parmigiano Reggiano in the U.S. So you go to all the major retailers and so on. That's the one. Yeah, and they bring in awesome cheese. They are True to their word. Uh, and
0: actually, you you did that cheese for our 20-year anniversary party. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah,
2: from Attilio Zanetti. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Attilio Zanetti is, he's Sweet. like one of the largest cheese producers in Italy and the banker, so to mm-hmm. speak, uh, because you go to the bank and you have all these, this vault full of Parmigiano Reggiano, which is just amazing. And, but Attilio, he'll be at the show. So if okay. you guys come by the 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 Schumann booth, okay, you you'll see Attilio Zanetti, and I'll introduce you to him. Awesome. All right. He's just he's a great guy, and um, he always. I, I mean, I've worked with several Italian uh, folks and uh, some friends that I don't work directly with, but they're still friends. Is are is Fratelli Pina, and okay. they're in Sardinia, just mm. sheep's milk cheeses. Okay, and. But, you know, you learn, I, I've gotten to know all the my clients are back, like with Laura and Ig. I always work with the CEO Primary. or the owner of the companies. So, and um, they're they're just people that I've developed relationships. The Schumann Company, I think they're fourth generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Vella's even our fourth generation now, or fifth now, maybe. Yeah. Um, but they're just people that I have that personal relationship. I only work with people that I would have in my house for dinner. Right. That's That's, it. that's awesome. And that's... that's Unlike
0: a restaurant where you kind of have to let <clears throat> everybody come in. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they don't have shoes on. <laughs> then you don't, or a shirt.
1: Right. But, but you, I, so, you seem like a connector. I mean, you're basically connecting people. He is a
0: people. total connector. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gary has connected us with so many things. And actually, I think our biggest connection was certainly through the fires, our wine country fires. And, um, you know, Gary, I don't want to say roped us in, um, it wasn't difficult to rope us in. It was just kind of like, Hey, can you help? And we ended up really involved with you during that first week, which was insane. Gary would just go and keep bringing us provisions and taking provisions and, Um, you know, once or twice a day, we would see see you and you would be passing through. How many miles did you put on your car that week?
2: Uh, The first week I put, it's like 868 miles or something, and I never left Sonoma.
0: Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, Now, Brian was uh, with us. Brian helped, was in um, Sweet D. That's probably where I remember your face. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or the restaurant for 10 years. But incredible that you know you made things happen that week you knew who to call there was a point where there was not enough walk-in space and you got a hold of the Vellas uh, to use the cheese caves to put food in walk-in yeah. food or things like that well, my
2: little place across uh, across from, the street from sweet d and
0: did we still have power yeah we had power yeah, then. yeah, yeah. It was, and we had your truck yep. um you know plugged in and going so that we yeah. could keep food cold it was it was crazy
2: yeah, and then the the same truck did food, and then it handled all the hospital equipment for exactly.
0: When you did yeah. you go when you had to take them over? To, no, I, I didn't go over, okay. but we
2: um, ramekins and I we just gave our trucks hundred thousand yeah. dollars for the trucks and said we gave them to the state and said we hope we get them back. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was an unbelievable. Weeks. But I I don't think I roped you, in. I think it's just it, we we were just we right. saw it and we just we did what we had to yeah. do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I hope we never have to do that again. Well, I, 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 I want to say that. Uh,
2: I took uh, two little trips up to Paradise. And, you did, yeah. yeah. It's and, brutal. And I brought um, uh, lots of... Uh, pizza's always a good thing when there's a fire. Yes. And um, so I worked with a pizza guy up there. and Okay. And yeah. we just... I had to, because my wife was going to kick me out of the house because I was pacing. Oh. Because I c- they couldn't do anything about the fire, but... so yeah. I could feed no, people. You, so. you,
0: you have a really good heart. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking, you know, just about Parmesan um, year and I'll make, I'll try and make this a short story, even though it's a little bit longer, but when Twitter was first starting, and I was on Twitter, and I was like, oh, social media, you know, you got to get your word across, and John, um, my business partner, was like, oh, I don't believe in, it's just a waste of time, you know, I don't know why you're doing this, da-da-da, and I'm like, well, I think it's something real, <laughs> so um, we went to Italy before we were going to France, and we went to Modena, and uh, Bologna, and Turin, and we are all in that area. It wasn't during Slow Food, but at a time and it was a trip when we were doing the restaurant estate it was before Mm -hmm. that so i um tweeted in modena to san francisco foodies um here you know at hashtag whatever where we were um looking for inspiration and I got an email, I mean, I got a tweet back from a guy who said, well, meet me tomorrow under the underpass, and I will take you on a tour. And I, like, look at the guy's profile, and it's um, a guy, I have no idea how old, I don't know who he is, um, with a vinegar, an seta. and um, I said, oh, this will be fun, and John's like, we're not meeting anybody under an underpass. I'm like, John, come on, it's not a serial killer, we are doing this. So the next morning, we met this guy under the underpass. He said, I have a few errands to do, but um, then I want to take you to my family's aseta. I'm He's like, got a, a yeah. hose
1: out the trunk. Hose yeah. out the <laughs> trunk, right from the last. Yeah, yeah thank right. you. Very funny.
0: So we follow him down this dirt road. God knows where we are. End up at this farm. And I was fe- feeding baby lamb with milk bottles. and nice. No, baby well, he had sheep, lamb, and cows, but we, I was feeding the lamb because they were white yeah. and cute and curly. And then we went into the tiny cheese room, which was maybe, I don't know, the size of a large bathroom, a really large bathroom or small living room or mm. whatever. And we tasted 12-month, 24-month, and 36-month old Parmesan. Oh. It, it was amazing. And I ended up buying, I don't know, Hundred euros worth of cheese. Get back in the car, we go to the next stop. And I I think we went to a goat cheese place and, you know, saw this whole thing. And then we go to his aceita and we look at the whole place and the different barrels and how, you know, it goes from one big and smaller and smaller. Tasted all his vinegars, his saba young and this guy was gorgeous this was the young part of the generation yeah he was so cute spent another couple hundred euro on um you Uh know at his place and like got the you know like the experience of a lifetime lots of pictures
1: being taken lots of pictures
0: and then um he had to go to a party and this is all day it's like dinner time now and so he goes. You have to go to this restaurant. They don't speak any English. There's no menu. Mm-hmm. But when you go there, make sure you order um, frito. Um, oh my goodness! Now I'm not going to remember what it is. But order this, and you know they're going to take really good care of you. Well, we got lost within like three minutes of of leaving him and we call him back and he stays on the phone with us the whole way to get us there. You know, 15 (laughs) minutes. Thank you so much. So we go to this restaurant. Frito, it's not Frito Misti, it was something else. But anyway, we would like this. We would like prosciutto. We would like some pasta, you know, like all the Italian culinary words I could say. (laughs) They put a bottle of Lambrusco on the table. I think our bill was like 60 some dollars, one of the best meals I've had in my life. And we get back home, long story short, we get back home, we're in the kitchen, and we are trying to recreate this Freedy thing. And taking pictures, and I tweet it, and I'm, like, remembering our trip fondly, trying to recreate, da-da-da. Get a tweet from a culinary magazine. Oh, my God, we're writing an article, and that would be great to have this recipe. And I look at John, and I'm, like, Told so you. you don't like social media, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, was that, like, one of the best experiences we've ever had? It was, <laughs> And it brings people together, it, and especially food people. Food people are so passionate. They so want to show you what they have.
2: Absolutely. And and we were, we were talking earlier about, um, about Europe and friends and experiences like that. I took Mary Keene mm. from Cypress Grove. Uh, I did some work with her after I worked with Laura and we were, we went to slow food in Turin. Turin. Yeah. And that was, I can't remember what year that was. It was a long time ago.
0: Uh, it, what, probably when <clears throat> it was really fun and not quite so crowded.
2: Yeah. It, it was, it was pretty awesome, but we drove we drove from Paris, because we went to the Seattle Food Show, then we drove from Paris. We got down to um, Albreville, France. And we were talking earlier about politics, in so, <laughs> the nightmare. But we met this we, we went to this hotel. It's called Hotel Million. Oh my God,
0: I just got it. Nightmare. Get I it? just got <coughs> it. <laughs> it.
2: So we went to this hotel called Hotel Million, and um, it's run by a Portuguese guy who grew up in the hotel and his wife, who's Chinese, who grew up in Atlanta. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And just... It, but this guy inherited the hotel or bought the hotel. I don't know the exact details. But we were staying there. It was a great place. And the this woman was reading Wine Spectator, and it had Humboldt Fog on the cover. Uh-huh. And I'm down asking about dinner, where to go, and all that. And I said, you know, the person who invented that cheese is going to be down here in about 15 minutes. Oh, I don't, unbelievable. So circumstances right they started inviting everybody in the food world because this is a very (laughs) very beautiful place nice hotel and and it was the end of the season so there weren't a lot of people there but then all the locals came Uh. so they were bringing i think in fact i think it was sister noella who does the cheese was there or something and up in the mountains we had jennepi you know with that little liqueur that's Uh made at a certain from a certain flower at eight thousand feet somebody brought that um, there were, uh, pheasants hanging in the kitchen. So I got a tour of the kitchen uh, and did all that stuff. The then, but then the best thing is they said, well, w- you know, we, we were on our way to slow food, but we ended up staying in the hotel for four days and we just drove to slow food for one day because we were living it in uh, this hotel. Right, <laughs> right. Why do you need there to was, go there was to a there was a group conference. of us. So, I yeah. mean, it was fantastic, but we ended up, um, this guy named Mickey Viber, who is the official mascot of the French ski team at that time. And he called himself the nightmare, M A Y O R. So when the regular politicians go to bed, he's the guy who's getting everything done in the city. Right, and right. I can relate to that. And but is it
0: nightmare or nightmare, M A R E? No, like M- politics is no. a nightmare. Well, that's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, that's what I got. Uh,
2: anyhow, but it's it, but the idea is is that you know the the food people in Alberville, France, kind of run things. Mm. So it was. It was pretty cool, but we got to go to Roblechon, oh. and so we went to magic. We tasted Roblechon that was made yesterday and aged out perfectly. All raw milk, just the most beautiful experience. We never would have been able to touch it had I not struck up a conversation. That's what happens. Right, in food. and you, you have to do that. You, you have, have to have be. To... You
0: have to just be bold, and you know. Um,
2: That's why I dig the guy who said, "Hey, you! I want you to meet me under the bridge." Exactly. I would totally do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, no, I wouldn't yep. have done it if I was by myself. I mean,
1: well, until I just you saw it.
0: Right yeah. until I saw yeah. him. And then I would have been like, hey, hey, hey. Under um, the bridge. But when the, the CL Food Show, which mm-hmm. um, is in January at the Salon Agriculture, is that the same show? Yeah, well, it's the same, same, uh, same affiliation. Okay, so yeah. I've been maybe yeah. three times. Mm-hmm. And one year, I got uh, Kathleen Hill and the gals from Point Reyes Blue, John Ash, or a few other people, we got the um, the cheese. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's, I never got I one was, of those. So. Are you kidding <laughs> no. me? That is crazy. I'm, that giving <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <There's no laughs> I'm giving you mine. Okay. There's no way I'm giving you my. That's crazy to me.
1: What is He's, this like? The green jacket for the is, golfers when they win is, the Masters or whatever.
0: It's yeah, like, well, it, I got cheese makers or sellers or what. I got it for yeah. our enthusiasm and selling cheese plates for yeah, 18 right. yeah, years or whatever. Right, yeah. But I forget what it's called. I have a big poster, big medal. I Uh, brought it with me to the Salon de Agriculture and I wore it for wow, the day two super days. Super cool. Bling, bling. <laughs> and I like met the person that made Monster cheese, like all the cheese uh-huh. people. I'm like, look at my, bag. Yeah. <laughs> my my And it was so heavy. It's like three pounds. That's, That's cool. terrible. I need yeah. to make a call. I don't know if no, I have no, any no, no. influence, but seriously, no, yeah, yeah. you should be, you should wear the crown of that. But
2: you know me that I, I, I know you're I, I like to be behind the scenes. I know,
0: yeah. I know. Yeah. But you deserve a lot of yeah. accolades. Well,
2: I yeah. appreciate that.
0: No, truly. But it it's um so what and then also like talking about organic and I remember when I was on the visitors bureau, mm-hmm. you really helped bring Cheetah Slow to Sonoma. And what is Cheetah Slow?
2: So Cheetah Slow is is um, there's I think there's only two now in the, in the U.S. I think somebody gave up their Cheetah Slow designation.
0: Do we still have ours? We still cinema? have ours, but
2: it, it's not really active so right now. Nobody's doing but anything. It's, you know, it's something that I'd love to keep going, and, mm-hmm. but you know they have all kinds of rules. But actually, John McReynolds and I went on a Cheetah Slow trip to Korea. I heard that.
0: Uh, I was, heard that. that was
2: several years ago. And it was the most amazing trip. Well, so
0: cheetah slow by definition is
2: sharing is is to think about your environmental standards your community standards your education standards how you treat your people in your community and you know your agriculture from you know um, your sustainability there's all these requirements there's like 200 requirements that you have to attain. And Sonoma passed. Sonoma Sonoma passed,
0: yeah. Did did you help?
2: I was in part of it. Carol Givanata, who our former Uh city manager helped, and um, Virginia Hubble, who's the person who started the whole process. And a group of people got together and said, you know, let's do this. It's just the question of then they wanted to build the whole United States, and it just didn't happen.
0: Now, we cooked when they came to give us our... um, accreditation or yeah. like the official, the guys came from Italy. We cooked for them at Benziger cave, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I was
2: at that dinner. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so
0: we went and got food. Um, we got produce from imagery and we uh, did, we cooked outside the cave and that was a it, great was, meal. it was, it was, yeah. Uh, well, it was so simple. It was just, uh, it wasn't, you know, simple ingredients, simple food slow food. I don't slow. remember how much we drank that night, but I think we <laughs> probably a lot. Quite a bit. <laughs> probably a lot. But um, yeah, it's I mean it's an interesting philosophy. I don't know all the time how all the other ways can happen. It's like in your community, you're bicycling, you're farming, yeah. you're you know, going to bed early and turning your lights out at a reasonable time, I guess. I, I don't, don't
2: know. Think. I don't know if it's that, but it's, it's it's more about the mood of who you are sharing your food with people greeting your neighbors, having that conversation with the guy under the bridge and being open, looking people in the eye. I mean, to me, that's what it, I, right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm inserting my, right. when I walk down the street, I look at people right? and I've taught my seven. When you're
0: driving, you look at people. I, oh. I, I know where you are when you're driving because <laughs> yeah. I know your car, but yeah. you, you can spot everybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, but even my kids, you know, when my kids, when we walk around town, we pick up trash and when we see trash on the, ground right we pick it up and right we, doesn't we matter want, whose trash it is but we want the people who come and visit us here in sonoma right. to see a tidy town that's my right thing and so we need to always work on that
0: yeah. yeah so what do you um what is your take on the hiatus of our cheese factory wow I know, not to get too political. Will
1: you, will you explain that for people that don't know what's going on?
0: On um, December 31st, the Cheese Factory, which has been there since...
2: So Tom Vella built that building with Celso Viviani. So that would be David's grandfather. Right, so David 1870s,
0: 1880s? Um, no, no, no.
2: Uh, no, that building was built in 1940.
0: Oh wow, that's shocking!
2: Yeah, what well, 1940 something? Some around the war, I actually held the original plans in my hand one time uh, up at Rogue Creamery, that was owned by the Vellas as well. Oh, I didn't and, realize that. And they had the um, they had the plans of that building, which I wish I had taken. That would have been beautiful framed. And um, so Tom Vella built that Art Deco style beautiful and he brought building that from yep. Europe just.
0: So, it's been there for years and years, and they used to make cheese there, but um, they apparently laid off the staff and um, said they were closing for four months. They would reopen in April. Staff could reapply, and they just couldn't afford to stay open.
2: Well, uh, and also, there's been a couple of plans to the... Redo it. Yeah, so the owners are the Viviani sisters, Uh, that's my understanding, and... um, they want to do something else with it, which I think is great. And they've, while I was on council and on planning commission, we had a, a beautiful marketplace idea right. that came in. It was approved by the planning commission, and then they didn't follow through. Follow through there on was that an one. appeal. No, no, that was the oh, first time. Oh, the first. Okay. That was totally done. Different but, people. Uh, uh, different people, and then it came through again, and um, it was approved by the planning commission, and it was appealed. Healed. And then it came, it actually never got, they pulled away. They stopped. They stopped. And maybe it'll come back. I don't know. That's what I would love to see. But my whole purpose with that would be I i was on the planning commission when we approved the first one, and the idea was to have a pathway all the way through to right, Depot that, Park. That I liked a Deep, lot. Yeah, Depot Park being part of the whole community and it would just open things up. Open things up. It would open up parking. It would open up all kinds of opportunities. Right. Because we, we have the vets building, we have the depot park parking lot um, that could all be part of downtown parking. And it right. would just like take the pressure it would,
0: off. It would be amazing. Um, the but Yeah. And when I first read that, I'm like, well, there's no way in four months they could do anything. You know, there's just no way. Whether
2: in, I, I hope something comes back where there's April, another proposal go, okay, and they say, we're here. this is what we're going to yeah. do. So.
0: Yeah, I would too. I think the last proposal was very, very ambitious business-wise. Um, I think as a local, I would love it. It would be amazing. There would be it would be like the Oxbow, you know, different vendors and mm-hmm. fun and a place to go. And as a business person, it worried me in that you know, where staff is short, there's a shortage in labor, yep. and um, people aren't completely full in their businesses right now. Yep. Um, you know, you offset competition, and, you know, it's people will survive if they're able to survive, but yep. I think responsible, sustainable town, you know, shouldn't put more business than can possibly be used, I think.
2: Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's. It, I think something needs to happen, but it's got to be something that is balanced with the community.
2: I mean, I'd love to see a butcher shop.
0: Fab. It would be fabulous. I, I mean,
2: like you're talking about Europe, where you go to the butcher, and then you go to the baker, and then you go to... Right. That's how I like to shop. Right. And... Even a little fish and chip shop would be Right, awesome. would be great. Oh.
0: Now, the thing with that is is that it is the issues of our parking and how do you get in and out? And how do you get around this, you know, the Sonoma yeah. Square? And okay. I think there's cities all over the world that are like that and um I believe that's why the markets have gotten bigger with food to go and bigger mm-hmm. butcher areas and um you know because people have a big parking lot and there's a centralized location that they can get everything done in a day. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why we travel to these places to go back to see what that small town living was like.
2: I like to call it back to the future cuz that's the place where I <laughs> would like to live. Right. I mean, I'd like to have right. that kind of world.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I
2: don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But you know, whatever happens it's tough on business not to have that activity and that flow and the people coming in. Um, we, we need to make sure we have something for people to come to. Exactly.
0: I totally agree
1: with Um, that. um, And well, besides another tasting room, (laughs) exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, but the the free market is pretty darn good. And yeah. Yes. It's been taking care of itself pretty it does. well. It does. And, yeah, it's, and
0: uh, you know, the the thing with most of the tasting rooms in this particular town, and I would say probably up in northern areas as well, is there are a lot of family-owned businesses that aren't owned by corporations, that they are, you know, instead of having an art gallery, their chosen business was in wine. And so, you know, when you look at that, those people certainly deserve a place to do business. And it's just hard when the big conglomerates come in and take up space. And
1: Well, and keeping a balance too. I think what the thing with the plaza is that, you know, you want to have locals, people that live here, shop at your business, but unfortunately or fortunately i think the a large percentage of your business is is going to come from tourists if you are something like a tasting room or something like a restaurant or you know there's these little or places where people are buying you know souvenir type stuff Mm -hmm. um whereas you know it used to be the feed store um downtown so it's you know it's keeping that balance and then especially when it you know when it's a little bit slower for the tourist season then you know how do we get those locals back down here and 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 communicate that this is a a viable right right uh, time right well unfortunately sometimes there's
2: four or five of those brand new mercedes amazon trucks running around town yes and nothing no offense against business models and so on but definitely
0: you know an amazon user i mean it's certainly made life easier
1: but you're right i think it's it's time it's it's because Son and I have talked about this growing up. I just remember it was a it was a whole day experience when my mom would take my sister and I shopping. We knew that we were leaving early and we were going to be back in the afternoon because we had to go to Cater Farms. We had to go to Bateman's to get the mm-hmm. meat. We had to go to the bakery to get the bread. And, and, and then you had to stop at another store to get all the little other little things that you couldn't get. But, you know... and people want to just make one stop and get back to their home because they got other stuff going on. Unfortunately, it's the pace of life here that we keep in the United States, it seems. It um, seems so. And hopefully we'll figure that out. I know we're we're babies in a way. We're 200 years old, still kind of trying to figure it out. But I think going on trips like that, like you guys did, you, when Remember. you see something different, then you say, oh, wait a minute. That could be How like are this. they able to do that then? Because why weren't they at work or why weren't they scrambling around or on their cell phone yeah. the whole time? or yeah. uh, I mean, there's
0: 35 hour work week. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well,
1: I mean, the store I want
2: to go to is when you're, you start drooling when you walk in yeah, and you know,
0: the smells you're and, uh, buying
2: something no matter because yeah. it smells good and it looks good. And I mean, I, I would rather do that and you don't need as much of that either. Right. You just need the bite of it. The bite. Uh, I mean the yeah. German bakeries, my brother lives in Germany. So I go there often and, the bakeries are just mm. amazing and everything is beautiful even the chain bakeries are like yeah. dialed in there's a you know the staff is always dressed very nicely and sharply and mm. it's just just the feel is is amazing it's
0: there but now <clears throat> with your export how are the tariffs affecting business do you know
2: well you know so so my good friends that i i do some representation work for are the biggest exporters of cheese from here and that's all it's all still happening and there's a lot of expats and so on that that, where that goes but they're, they're like in china there's you know there's still cheese moving not at the pace that it was but there's still markets that are being developed there and and i haven't seen personally um but i don't work in that every day okay um but, you know, there's certain things happening, but the cheese is still moving. So, you know, there's lots of chains and restaurant chains and things like that that are in Asia, um, which is mostly where I would be working with. Mm-hmm. I did do an export uh, to Switzerland one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with with the owner of Otto Roth, and mm-hmm. we exported a container of Vela cheese to Switzerland. So was that... Um, a wh- long time ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Back in the... That was probably back in probably 92 93 mm. somewhere in there. But a full container of cheese. Amazing. To switch on that's calls to Newcastle for sure, but
0: Wow. I mean that's like a container, like a shipping container. Yeah, 40,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. Who eats the most yeah. cheese?
2: Wow, you know I did a little research this morning. The French eat the most cheese and uh, they're God at 50, bless them. 55 50 pounds a year like that, per person. Per per
0: see We're my 23 doctor here. Yeah. is like this last doctor visit, they're like, "Sandra, you got to cut out the cheese." Yeah. I'm like, and you're and why me. though? Why? It's just really, It's high in cholesterol, yeah. and um, some people are really good, like Gary. You know, you can have a couple nibbles and you're done. And then some people are obsessive that they can never get enough. Yeah. And I love cheese. I and I think I can go without cheese for a really long time. But then I went to France. And I ate cheese every single day you bet. and have to. Yeah, because the, bread's the, so the bread so darn good too. <laughs> and the bread. And everything was so good. And then it's like you don't want that to end and you come home. And not everyone. This is my whatever type personality I have. But I still was eating cheese. I'm like, okay, I had all the European cheese. Now I have to revisit all the California sure. cheeses. And, you know, the good breads that I like. And, like, Right now, it's, like, enough.
2: Well, well, like the cheese I brought today. So this is a four-year-old Stunning. Gouda. Yeah. This is a, a you know, uh, probably an 18-month-old Manchego by now. It says 12 months, but it's, you right. know, by the time you get all done, it's 18 right. months. And a two-and-a-half- or three-year-old Irish cheddar. But, They're exquisite. But, but we all d- I had a little tiny nibble of it, and it was, like, enough to carry through no, our conversation. No, I'm still here, eating right? it. I, I know, but it, we haven't eaten, like, <laughs> gobs of it. And if, no. You know, if that That's was a, a mushroom brie from Germany, I would have eaten the whole right. plate. I know. Right.
1: So. <laughs> What is it in that gouda that? W- what is it that makes those crystals? Crystallization.
2: So that's those are calcium crystals. So when the the um, uh, the sugars the acids eat the, sh- the let's see, the sugars eat the acid or the acids eat the sugar, you get that cavity of calcium crystal. That's from the milk and the the land and the ground where the milk came from. So and good. that's they're crunchies. So, uh, you know we've call them flavor crystals sometimes. We've had people where we sell a bunch of this cheese to, and they say, hey, there's glass in the cheese. And it's like, come on. <laughs> it's not yeah, glass. it's so amazing. Uh, so those are just little bits of calcium that get crunchy. In the, yeah.
1: Well, in the Doesn't good parmesan have that sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it should. Yeah, because uh, of the aging. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a a really good spot at the restaurant that I work at I work at Sante at the uh, Sonoma Mission Inn and we've got a really nice cheese cart so we do cow goat cheese blends of those different
0: do you bring the cheese cart up
1: I have people that do that
0: Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> we'll have to come over and try. Yes, yeah, exactly. Can you just come do a cheese tasting? Sure. You can, of course. Well, you can no, come but do I, Thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll carry your luggage, son.
0: <laughs> We don't have to stay over. We can just go eat cheese. No, you know, we,
1: we kind of take it seriously. So we have people that are trained just to do the cheese cart, and it's usually the host's um, or it's your assistants because they, they go through a pretty rigorous training on the cheese because people yeah. ask, oh, people yeah. are so curious about, they want to know how old is that? Where's it from? How, how did they make that? what is that ash rind or what is, you know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the night, they bring, they wheel that cart into the kitchen cause someone has to put Clean away it. all the cheese and it's a feeding frenzy. I mean, yeah. that, that cart comes in. Uh, I don't know who's listening to this. I, I know, don't know, I know either um, because d-
0: I'm just looking at the food cost <laughs> going way up there. <laughs> and
1: Mr. Rowe, our general manager, has been listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes. so, Brian
0: uh, never touches the uh, cheese uh, Ear Earmuffs for a second, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Rowe.
1: That, um, Quality that,
0: taste. Just making education. sure it looks beautiful exactly. for
2: the next right. day. That's and what being able
0: yeah. to discuss it. But that that for like me, it's a guess. good
1: time to try the cheese because, you, because you're around all these other people. You do just take like a, a little bite of each one because you want to sample it. Whereas if I was at home, I would probably cut a hunk of that thing off and go sit in front of the TV. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you just got to watch your settings. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, cheese carts are great because it's, it's and actually these aged cheese is great for your digestion as well. So So that was
1: another question I was going to ask because I, some people, you know, like to do cheese at the beginning of the meal and some people like to do it at the end, sometimes even as dessert or before dessert. But I, I remember hearing one time that someone told me that the cheese, closes your stomach. Does that make any sense to you? Never heard that. Well, the, Maybe
0: closes your appetite.
1: The, something like that. So they thought it was odd that we would do cheese at the beginning of the meal because then it's sort of shutting down uh, your stomach when it's at the beginning. As an appetizer, I, maybe you wanted something that was, had some acidity or freshness to it that kind of you know, made you yeah. want to eat more. Well, but
0: in, in Europe, all the time you have cheese after. Yeah. It comes right before dessert. Right. And sometimes in place of dessert. Now, when we started doing cheese the first year, 97, we tried to do cheese after with very no success.
1: So what do you mean? So you only had it on the dessert menu? Right.
0: It wasn't on an appetizer menu. It wasn't really available. It was something that try and encourage people to have after their entrees. And even the salad, a green salad, would be the same way in Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, you have an interesting starter, and then you have a a main course, and then you would have a green salad, and then you would have cheese. Anyway, I wish I could eat like this every day, and Mm -hmm. then sometimes dessert. But Americans look at cheese as an appetizer, and... Mm -hmm. um, when we switched it we started selling a lot of cheese and in all honesty i wanted people to taste the california cheese so i didn't really care when they ate it i wasn't gonna try and re-describe how the coursing of your meal should go i really wanted to brag about you know joe mattis or Mm -hmm. you know the laura chanel Chav. or wanted them to eat cheese so it didn't matter but i think Maybe not so much it closes um your stomach down, but I think it is a heavy product.
2: Right. It might change the attitude of your stomach. It does. I think you
0: get full and uh I think sometimes people eat cheese first, they don't have room for dessert.
1: Uh, Right.
2: Yeah, we did recently a um appetizer at the red grape of cheese curds.
0: Oh, lovely. Did did it sell?
2: it's sold to people who know what cheese curds okay. are and i actually um uh brought a bag home okay a five pound bag uh-huh. i hate to admit it but my uh-huh. kids and it's just beautiful fresh oh. curds from a, a friend of mine out in wisconsin white cheddar and um we fry it in olive oil with mm. a little panko oh my god is it good yeah John and, loves yeah. to
0: do his cheese yeah. curds and his uh, poutines, yeah. like dirty fries. Or yeah. uh, oh. my
1: daughter calls it squeaky cheese. Yep. Oh. My my, my mom will bring it once a <laughs> once a week. She stops at the farmers market, and then Abby says, "Oh, did you bring the squeaky cheese? Because it, it kind of squeaks on your teeth." It Does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I've never tried frying it. I would. But yeah. it's
2: deep fried. It's absolutely panko, amazing I it sounds yeah. Incredible. See, that's like <laughs> and the a sweet, old... like a sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. It's well, that's just, like
0: TGI oh, yeah, Friday's fried mozzarella yeah. sticks. Herds are better. Uh, no, I'm not just, exactly. I'm just kidding. Curds are better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Cheesy conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but, uh, but, you know, and then I brought you the Irish uh, cheese. So if you go across New England, New York, and that, um, something I learned out there is that everybody eats white cheddar up there. Right. And because that's what New Yorkers and New Englanders eat white cheddar. Right. You get to Wisconsin. Except if you're in Philly. Minnesota. Yeah, in Philly, it's, it's processed American, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for uh, Philly exactly. cheesesteak, yeah. yeah. but it's, yeah. And then as you get to California, it goes both ways in California. Right. And then uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano sells better in San Francisco than it does in San Diego. And if Interesting. you think of the geography of Italy, so the northern Italians is a little cooler and right. moderate temperatures. Southern is sheep Sicily, still, right? Or, right. So Romano, pecorino Romano sells way out way outsells in Southern California as it does in Northern California. Interesting, just a Interesting. Little, one of those little tidbits.
1: Fabulous. Well, how do you you wake up in the morning? Do you flip on your computer and it says there's a message? A guy says I've got <laughs> Five hundred pounds of emmental or something, and then and then you you go oh maybe I, maybe these people will like be trading. interested or like that. Exactly. Like is is it gold? kind, of, it's, like it's kind of like that for you
2: like that I mean on my phone right now I mean I had to cut, sold a couple loads to one of my favorite customers uh, this morning forty thousand pound loads and then I have I bought some uh, emmentaler from one of my customers mm-hmm. I sell for a company in um, in Europe called Mifroma and beautiful cave age. I have a 200-pound Emmentaler in my warehouse on Eighth Street Wow. that I'm taking to my son's second-grade class, and we're going to teach the kids about milk oh, and about fabulous. cheese. But it's you know it's as big as this yeah. table, and but what I do are you going to cut into it? Well, we're going to cut it right oh. in front of the kids, and I'm going to send everybody home with a chunk nice. of cheese for of their family. But the um, but we, what I do is I teach. We used to do uh, guess the weight contest on cheeses from Switzerland because our oh. company. Otto Roth was a Swiss company. So, right. um, the original Roth auto came over in the 1800s, 1873 into New York and he got kicked out of the family business, not kicked out, but <laughs> he, you know, he had a, uh, indiscretion. So they sent him to New York okay. and started the indiscretions company. Yeah. are allowed. Yeah. And so they built this well, importing encouraged. company. So we were the, one of the oldest importing companies. And, um, we ended up selling out t- um, to General Foods and then all this other nonsense that's not important. But then the New Zealand Dairy Board um, bought our company. Wow. And I lo- I've, I've been to New Zealand twice uh, around cheese. Absolutely See, amazing. See, I would never even yeah.
0: think of New Zealand and cheese together yeah. Yeah. for it's, whatever reason.
2: Yeah, there's a little town called um, uh, Para Paraumu, a company called Kapiti. And there's Capiti Island off of New Zealand. They made all these beautiful mm. French-style cheeses and blue cheeses, and they made ice cream. Wow. And when they made ice cream, it was always the flavor of what was in season where they were. And if it, the honeybees were out, they were making honey ice cream, mm. blackberries, blueberries, whatever was growing. Kiwis, of course. Yeah. And wow,
0: kiwi ice cream. Yeah.
2: I mean, it was just a, bu- a beautiful opportunity. They had this whole training area where you could learn about farming and... New Zealand's just fantastic. So good, but um, the butter is uh, stellar. I love Ke- I love Kerrygold. Do you butter.
1: do you deal in butter as well? I
2: sell a little butter, um, just when there's an opportunity. But I haven't. I used to sell a lot of New Zealand butter, um, but. I don't really work with those guys. Um, right. I, I love
0: that you're doing this with the kids. I think it's so important.
2: Well, back to the story about the Emmentaler. Is, sorry, I, get, I no, lose track. That's why, <laughs> thank goodness, I have a computer and a phone. <laughs> but the, um, what I'm going to teach about is math. We used to say, guess the weight. And they all weigh around 200 and something pounds, 210, 220, mm-hmm. is to guess how many holes are in a Swiss cheese. So, right, the kids are going to guess. I'm going to cut the wheel in half. Okay, 100 pounds on each side. I'm gonna crack it open like this, and they're gonna count the holes. And I says, Now, how many people think they're 100% right? And everyone will say, I know exactly how many holes are <laughs> right. there. Then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cut another slice. Now, how many holes are there? This, there's more holes. Behind, uh, <laughs> it just turns their minds I love on it, it's, right? Yeah, so right. just kind of fun. When is that? I uh,
0: want to come to that. I'll invite you. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah, I'll just, yeah. I'm just going to pick like a Wednesday it's so fun. and just go yeah. out and do it, and so cool. Um, talk to the kids, and then, but most kids have never. Swiss cheese is one of those cheeses that's like, I don't know if the, the official numbers if it's declining, but people used to buy Swiss with everything, right? Yeah, but, right. And then Gruyere, of course, has gone through the roof. And, yeah.
0: I just think there's so many more options now and there's so much more commercial products. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think when parents start giving cheese, I mean, don't you start with like the mildest flavors? I mean, most mozzarella pa- sticks. Yeah right. yeah. right. Yeah. String cheese. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to something really strong, like a plus.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I live next to an Oliver, so th- yeah. I'm yeah. great. super stores. spoiled and my yeah. daughter is super spoiled as well. She's great selection. Yeah. I've been on a little cheese tear.
0: Yeah, nice.
2: That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll have to come and cha- taste the cheese cart, but then I'll bring some cheese with me. Okay. I always have cheese in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: I know. What do you do? Do you ever do fondue at your house?
2: Once in a while. Okay. But we like fondue bourguignon. Mm. So,
1: no, t- tell me about this.
2: So that's with oil. Okay. And you dip like filet mignon, and then you dip it in like 50 different sauces. That's, yeah, And delicious. then we do a cheese one, too. But then, of course, my daughter's a chocoholic, so
0: and then you have the we chocolate. do a chocolate one as well.
1: We yeah. just did that yesterday at my house. We did, did the chocolate, chocolate fondue. fondue. Well, I I had left for work at that time, but I remember they had like madeleines and rice Krispie oh, treats and uh, other stuff that yeah, they do that when the kids come over. <laughs> but I remember you used to do we wasn't did that fondue one of your for years. and that was sort of one of your ways to get rid of those corner pieces or those extra you know, the little it the little odd shaped It yeah, definitely uh, it helped. Uh, yeah. It
0: helped, but it was also my anti Monday night football marketing yeah. ploy at the yeah. Glen Ellen location for a yeah. few years. Yeah, it was really fun, and but not easy. You know, we had all the old, um, old fondue pots like that people yeah. got in. You know, for wedding presents, and you know they chipped and bent really easily, yeah. and um, and. Glen Ellen, it was easy. We could get it to the table relatively quickly to sit on top of a sterno. But when we moved uh, to Sonoma, the restaurant, the dining room was much further for, to the kitchen, uh. and it would get too congealed by the time we got it to the table. Hmm. So we tried, uh. didn't really, we didn't try hard enough. But
2: so I uh, so I talked about Otto Roth. So the uh, family, uh, Felix Roth, um, his daughter actually came and lived with us for a year, oh. uh, you know, seven or eight years ago. Um, but I had fondue at his house and oh. I mean, just being up in the mountains in a town called Ooster, Switzerland. Mm. And we, at the end when they have, and I don't remember what it is in Swiss German or Schweizerdeutsch, the, mm. um, where you put a uh, roquefort into the fondue oh. at the end. That's
0: great. And then
2: there's that bottom piece. And I don't remember what that's called. The
0: crust. The crust. Uh, it, it, my there's a favorite special name part. for it.
2: But the, the adults start eating the roquefort in the fondue after the kids go to bed cuz the kids normally right. don't too like breakfast right them, yeah. right right but it's so beautiful mm. to have the gruyere and the emmentaler mm. and yeah and the uh kirschfasser mm-hmm. and just, it's <laughs> i mean I, I can i can think of that right. memory and when I, i'm I go salivating back there. Yeah. when yeah. you're
0: saying that i mean yeah. i'm just like yeah and to, you know, and to Raclette be there i that too yeah. i mean oh. our friend Anne charlotte um, she has uh, her winery is chateau fonteloup in chateau neuf-de-pop We had dinner at her house, and she's eaten a few times in the restaurant, but she was like, there's no way I'm cooking for you. I'm like, you really could. It would be, I like everything. And we had raclette, and she had the most beautiful um, cured meats and potatoes and endive and jerkins, and Um, she used, you know, we have an upright uh, raclette machine that the heat is on the wheel, and it slides down she had the one which i had never had before where you put a piece of raclette on a little tray and you stick it under yeah. but then you can also stick things on top so like you can heat yeah, up k- the potato more, yeah, warm yeah. on the top but you're melting the cheese underneath it was yeah. and i think there were probably 18 of us around the table it was
2: incredible <laughs> it, it forces everybody wine. to be
0: together communicate and, and tell exactly.
2: stories and that's the beautiful thing about yeah. cheese. well maybe uh, we'll have uh,
0: fondue this week
2: uh, mm. I have one of those little rocklet machines I'll bring over to you. Yeah, too. it's really fun. You can fun. have it. Yeah. I have lots of them.
1: <laughs> well, Sandra, you said jerkins. Cornishone. Cornishon. Yeah, I always yeah. thought it was gherkins. It probably it's is. It's probably gherkins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <it reminds> <laughs> of, hey, you're gherking me around now. Yeah, Come
0: exactly. On. <laughs> exactly. I have my own private language. Well, It
1: was funny. One of the um, uh, one of the bussers at work last week said something about, oh, we need to get the Jafari chairs um, because we've got a large group coming. I said, Jafari? What is <laughs> Jafar like from the Lion King or, or from Aladdin <laughs> like was giraffe? Like, he was like what do they call us so they're Shavari chairs you know oh, the ones that, right? <laughs> I thought that was funny that somehow uh, it had turned in Jafar Jafari. Uh-huh. Yeah, we gotta grab yeah. those Jafari chairs
0: uh, well you knew what he meant uh-huh. <laughs> I, I did yeah, yeah.
1: I got it a and done. brought a smile to my exactly. face. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, this was fun. So, Gary, what you know? Generally, we ask people um, during the podcast, like, how do people get a hold of you? What would they get a hold of you for? Volunteering, yeah. saying yes to almost yeah. I anything say yes important. To everything.
2: <laughs> you know, um,
0: man around town.
2: No, I, I just you know if you if you come to Sonoma uh, sometime and you want to, I I don't know. Have a conversation, a cup of coffee. Be happy right. to. just I mean, for somebody who's really like... Yeah,
0: okay. Email yeah. me through The Bite Goes On, and I will connect you
2: perfect. with Mr. Gary Edwards. Yeah, perfect. And I'd love to tell... You know, we were talking about the cheese cart at your at your restaurant. At um, uh, I, I like being able to talk when I sell cheese or I do it like a cheese stand at a winery or something, which is a lot of fun because it keeps me... Right with what people are looking for, what they right. want, and um, and I always give them way too much cheese for too little money, um, and but I'd like to be able to talk about the person that made the cheese, and right. because I, there's not a cheese that I sell that I don't know right down to the detail, yeah. That's and the guys awesome. that actually work in the plant as well. I mean, I sell feta from Wisconsin, the nicest guy in the, the Hoser brothers, right? And they're Swiss family, they're third, fourth generation now. And they make beautiful feta and Greek yogurt, and mm. they're just wonderful people. And um, I sell—it's sharing.
0: It's like yeah. you want you know what you love, and it's so awesome to be able to share that with people.
2: Yeah, and then and and I also sell Greek feta mm. from a company called Dodoni, and somebody that I think was in your world at one time, I I met him and I saw him at a catering, um, and uh, he's Greek and he has a little daughter who's never. Or maybe he's had it, but I brought him a, a, a two kilo bucket of Greek feta, oh. and at the, over the holidays, and I just said, "Here Monde. you go. No, I don't want nothing right. uh, nothing Enjoy. for it. but he's and he talked about it, he sent me a nice note saying, oh. you know, I shared this with my daughter and my family, and it's like that's what I love to do, and the yeah. Greek guys who have um, the deli down the street on 8th street. They're Greek as well. Are and they it's Greek? Like, yeah.
0: Oh, they're and, doing a great job. Yeah.
2: Awesome. And I, you know, it's like when I can share something that I have, you know, sure, it costs right. a little money, but it's just that connection. Yeah. And then when I want to put a campaign sign for somebody, <laughs> I own that corner. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess that may be true. That's I'm awesome. voting for you
1: for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. 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 For nightmare. For yeah. nightmare. Yeah. I think he <laughs> won already. <laughs>
0: well, this was so much fun. Yeah. It really was. Thanks right. for having
1: me. Oh, thank you. Uh, and thank you especially for bringing the cheese. Jeez, um, your
0: time. Yeah. And all the good things you do for our town. Sonoma. It's my pleasure.
2: I love this place. Yeah. Yeah. I came here for a village. Yeah. And uh I found it.
0: So. Yeah. We're still a little village. Yeah. But we're talking to the whole world right now.
1: Well, come visit Sonoma. Come visit come Sonoma. Come experience what exactly we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. hopefully Sonoma Cheese Factory will be uh will have something open. going on by yeah. then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If not, oh. you can go to Vela. Oh,
2: there's lots of other things right, to do. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: That just reminded me of a kid going out to. So I grew up in Petaluma. Oh, yeah. that's. So we used to French. go out to the. Yeah. Well, at the Ruchan time Wark- it was called Petaluma Cheese Factory. Right. I think it's what. Right. It, and we'd go out there, and you, there was the little pond. Yeah. And so you'd get your cheese. Yeah. That was one of the stops. That's right. Yeah. And
2: Feed the get, ducks and the geese. And that's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I, that speaking of that little place, just if I could digress for one second, yeah, is the last time I ever saw Jerry Garcia was at that no way he pulled up in in, concert to get cheese it was like five or six o'clock I've always done a little business with those guys out there and I'm just on my phone in the parking lot because it's hard to get cell reception out there and I look across and there's nobody else there I mean they're actually closed closed. already he pulls in in a silver Ferrari gets out he's arguing with somebody (laughs) and it's like he wants cheese. No, no, he didn't. No, he was no. out. He was <laughs> out arguing with somebody about something else. It was, it was interesting, but uh, uh, you never know what you're going to see at it, it, a Sonoma County. Exactly. You well, know, that so. you know,
1: you know. Bart and I were meeting, maybe Bart and John and I from the Winemakers Podcast were meeting one morning because we were going to drive all together, and we met at next to the to the Wolf. What is it? The Wolf House. You know, the bar yeah. in, in Glen Glennon. So So the, there's a little hotel next to it, and so we parked in that parking lot. And there's a, a broken down bus and all these guys with dreadlocks walking around. I said, "What the hell is going on?" And Bart said, "That's the Whalers. Their their bus broke down, so they're <laughs> they're all kind of just hanging out in the parking lot on their cell phones." But that's, you mean like the Whalers? Whalers? No, He's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's the Whalers. I think they have a show tomorrow." And I was like, no way. Yeah, you never
2: know who you're gonna run never into. Know. That's right. You, you never know. know.
1: <laughs> All right, well, good show, Sandra. Thank yep. you uh, um, um, for bringing in. Um, thank you for bringing <laughs> Gary in and yeah. having. Sometimes Gary come I forget my name. <laughs> him, so. um, and this has been the the bike goes on podcast. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about our guests or Sandra and I, you can go to the dot You can also find us on Instagram at bike talk. You can go to Facebook. You can go to our Radio Misfits podcast network. Ed, the pod father. Has graciously put our show on the network. The bite goes on. And we will look forward to talking more with you next week. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.